The dial is 97.3 City FM. It's another Tuesday evening, and it's time for us to meet a few more technology entrepreneurs grown, developed right here in Ghana, solving your problems. Yes, indeed, it is Techpreneurs Month, and we are celebrating some of Ghana's greatest, best um, technology minds in the country. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is City Trends. The show is sponsored by First National Bank, and we are so glad to have them on board the show. Last week, we had uh, a couple of gentlemen and um, some ladies joining us for the show. One lady, actually, Lady Omega Hammond, joined us for the show. We had Joseph Yafrin Pong um, from Reader App, Lady O from Ampersand Technologies, Andrea Koto from Growth Mosaic, and of course, Henry Kobler from Arunipa LLC. Today, we have um, one lady and two gentlemen joining us on the show. Shika Nunu, Nunu is joining us from Shika Kope. We have Neema Tega from Code Factory and of course, Curtis Vanderpoy from Express Bay. They'll be joining us for the conversation today. You get to find out um, a bit about what their businesses are about. You get to understand some of the challenges they face over the course of the year and of course, what to expect from these businesses um, in terms of solutions that they will offer in the year 2020. It's going to be a great show. You can join us with your comments on WhatsApp number 54 The number once again is 54 Alternatively, you can send us a message on Twitter or you can tweet at us using the hashtag CityTrends. Yes, indeed, those are the ways you can get in touch with us. And it's going to be a great show. Thankfully, we are sponsored and supported by First National Bank. It's now time for us to meet our entrepreneurs and um, yeah, enjoy. Right, yes, let's get the show started already. And um, the lady in the house says she doesn't want to be the first to speak, so we are going to start with the tallest in the um group today. That is Nehema Atega of um Code Factory. Nehema, you're welcome, thank you. Um, and of course, to Curtis Van der Poy, who heads um operations and everything else that makes payments work kind of easily around these parts um, at Extra Pay. Curtis, you're welcome, thank you, Philip. And of course, Shika Nunu as well uh is here she is um the brain behind shika copy where virtually everybody else buys their um photo and video equipment from shika you're welcome thank you you're welcome indeed so let's start off with neymar code factory and um, we know neymar is involved in quite a bit but code factory seems to be his biggest baby so what exactly is code factory and um what have you guys been up to and what are the solutions you bring to the table 
Um, so Code Factory is an international skills development company. Um, we started out because every time you, you want to hire a new person for your team, especially software engineers, we have to pull hairs out of our nostrils. And when you hire someone and you train the person, just when you have to juice the benefits, you, the benefits, the person walks away to a bank or a telco or somebody who is paying more. And so we realized that the market lacked people in terms of people who had proper software engineers, people who are problem solvers. Mm. We didn't have that. We just have application developers who may be able to develop some app, but in terms of critically solving a problem, and Curtis may would bear witness or testify that recruitment is a difficult thing for us in, in our space. And for someone who is running a software company, mm. we felt that instead of complaining about this, we should actually solve the problem by mm. building the new core of software engineers ar- across Africa. Mm. Um, so... This is this is this is this last last year we were here and we spoke mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Um, now we are in Ghana and we are in Rwanda and we are in Nigeria and Cameroon. Wow. Um, I think the other countries have accepted it more because mm. we've we've done our IoT bootcamp in Rwanda. We've done a um, full stack bootcamp in Ghana wow. and in in Cameroon as well. Wow. So by I mean I'm just I'm just wondering. So it's it's accepted better outside Ghana than it's accepted in Ghana in terms of what you guys are doing? Yes. Um, two things. You you may find... So our, our process is not like the regular school where you have money so you can just come in. Um, you're going to have to write a test. Mm. Um, and if you pass that test, you attend an interview. So through the interview, if you pass that one, mm. then you get to qualify. You get to say you are offered an opportunity to be a part of it. So mm. we don't want a situation where we are like any other school around or any mm. other institution that's carrying our training mm. and and so we, we've put in a process where people with the right attitude who are willing to learn who are curious mm. um would join the 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 the, the program mm. so that's that's the thing and for surprisingly for ghana um you we find a lot of people who may have the money but when they come you just realize that this guy doesn't have the right attitude i'm mm. not going to want to go through six months with somebody who who has a bad attitude mm. and and there's a criteria it, for for choosing the people who enter the code factory. Yeah. Wow. Because I I mean think about it. You don't want someone who has paid money and will just come and breeze through. What right. is going to happen? You're going to roll out six months down the line, you're going to say you've you've trained this person as a software engineer. And assuming City or Express Pay or any bank or any telco pick this person up, mm. he might be like some top guy, but his attitude is shit. Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> and so if, and, and, it comes you from a place for frustration and, 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 and you don't want to be dealing with such characters um, you want work done and you want work done properly and you don't want a situation where you need stuff done and you can't find the person or the person has decided to snooze off for a period and just come back and th- these are idiosyncrasies of um, high guys who are very good devs sometimes they can just switch off mm. for some time but you don't want that we want people if, if you have been outsourced to some company in the states or in Europe, and they expect you to complete something. It has to be completed. Mm. You don't want a situation where they are giving excuses. You slack off. Yeah. Mm. So wow. it's 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 a very important criteria for us. How what what is what is what are numbers in terms of recruitment? People who tend to go through this exam phase and 
getting onto the program? What are the numbers so, have you recorded over the period? So um, we could get over 100 people, but we are only allowing, we are not allowing more than 15 people at a time. Wow. So we also, because we want to be very hands-on. Mm. It's, it's not one of those things where you have people just standing in front of you and lecturing mm. with the expectation that you pick up something. And 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 with with the boot camps, you have to have a little bit of programming knowledge. It, mm. It's part of why you take the test to mm. prove that you are competent. Mm. Um, with the introductory courses, you could actually get into doing an introduction um, to programming or introduction to data science or something. And those ones, I mean, you you could be a beginner, but for the boot camps, you have to have knowledge. And so that is where you find people who have already maybe they they have a CS degree computer science degree and they come in and you look at them and you realize okay this person is not good enough mm. i'm not going to waste my time mm. Mm. so in terms <laughs> of in terms of the school for example does a person need to have some programming background because the boot camps i understand yeah. they need that background but in terms yeah. of the school is it required or are you going to start everybody from scratch no, no, that one, yeah so for all the foundation and introductory courses we are starting from scratch wow yeah wow <laughs> anyway Apart from attitude issues, what has it been like over the course of the year with Code Factory? Um, so, apart from attitude issues, which may be a challenge, mm. um, there are also situations where um, maybe probably someone qualifies but can't pay for mm. the for the program, mm. and sometimes you wish somebody would jump on and say, "Okay, I'm giving you cash to find 50 people and train them." Mm. Um, but that's 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 a challenge. Um, we are hoping to solve that if, if we get somebody to fund because in, honestly there are people who qualify but cannot pay. Um, so for the other countries, it's pretty easy because Rwanda ICT chamber, Just, they paid for the folks. And then we, so wow. I mean it's different in Ghana. Mm. Um, everybody knows that now Rwanda has a different approach to mm. all of these things. Mm. But um, for us, we are committed to the passion that drives us is to ensure that we get people who solve problems mm. people who can build companies people who can build careers or build products mm. and that's what code factory basically is yeah. built on just finding solution makers yes across the continent that's yeah. that's a very interesting one well let's let's jump now to the lady in the house um shika <laughs> she I don't even know why Shika is afraid of the microphone since it's not her first time I'm um, doing a radio interview. But Shika, you are welcome. Um, you, you you are a very behind-the-scenes kind of person. Um, your products speak for you and anybody who wants to buy anything having to do with or do visual equipment or um, accessories end up on one website, which is Shika Copy. Tell us what exactly Shika Copy is. Um, tell us why you decided to get into it and Speak to us about the solution that you bring on board for people, creatives in, 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 in the space. Thank you, Philip. Thank you to all your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, at Chicacope, what we do basically, the core of our business is to sell retail. But then we realized when we started that that's not like really the problem of people. So I was a photographer, sort of. Um, my hobby is photographer mm. when I was in school. 
And then I realized I needed to get gear for myself to practice. Mm. But I wasn't getting the kind of gear I needed. And then also when you get the gear you need, the prices are really high and mm-hmm. you can't afford them on a student's like budget. Like when you go to Tudu. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Did you have yes. to add that? I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying. You, you go really to cry. Tudu. There are like five shops and all of them are selling it's it at the same plant. price. Yeah. Like you go from this shop. It's almost like this has called this guy. Hi. This guy this is coming. This guy is coming. Eh? It's, just, it's just anybody who has ever bought camera equipment at Tudu would, would lament and tell I you have. the issues. So, wow, is that where the frustration was from? <laughs> that's, that's exactly where my frustration was from. So basically, but then surprisingly, the person who helped me establish the business really was one of the to-do guys. Interesting. <laughs> Are you interesting? No, no, no. So unfortunately, he's dead. Um, oh, that's sad. Anyway, so I you have to do something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's ripped so many people off. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> so basically, I had to resort to buying like. Uh, alternative sources besides to do because yeah. then that was the only place I knew. Mm. Then so I started looking online because I really love the internet. Yeah. Then I found that okay, so there were so many other places to get the gear I needed. So yeah. this was how I started. I was using the gear from I bought from outside mm-hmm. Ghana. People would see, oh, Shika, can I borrow your lens? Can I borrow this? Can I borrow that? Mm. Then basically, I was just giving my things out to people. Mm. But then I was like, okay. You can have it, but then pay this money. Then I take the money from them and then buy from, and then that mm. was how I started wow. basically. But then I realized people don't just want gear. Some people don't even know how to use the gear. Yeah. Like for example, people buy gear and then they are like, okay, how do we use it? Mm. Or what is it used for? Or they see something fancy on YouTube and like, I want something like that. But then they don't really need what they're asking That's for. Yeah. So then there was a need to also okay, educate people on exactly what they want and what they need and tell them the difference between what it is. So it was like a consultancy, consultancy thing. Mm. So then I had to add that to my service right. to add value. Right. And then um, basically we also do education. Then we realized that creatives are creatives. Mm. They don't have, not of them don't have the professional sense like, mm. Somebody sees, oh, I like taking pictures. I love like natural stuff. I like fine art photography. They take pictures and then people rip them off. Mm. Like I could take like, a really good picture and someone will say, okay, it's really nice. Let me give you five CD. And because I'm not really thinking at that time that, mm. oh, maybe this picture could be worth more. I'm just thinking, well, the person actually likes my picture and it's, it's, and it's enough. enough it's for enough. me. Yeah. I'm not thinking I should be making money from that mm. picture. Mm. So then it's also like a challenge for people. Yeah. So then it comes to my, I'm like, okay, look, you know what? You need someone to teach you how to manage your creativeness as a business mm. person. So that's where we also come in. Mm. So we do that. Um, it's sort of started something we call Startup Accra. Okay. It's a community and a hub where we host at our office. Um, by the way, our office is in Achimota, mm. ABC Junction. Mm. Anybody wants to come by, <laughs> you can just call us. <laughs> I'm giving a free address. Go ahead. That's the whole point. <laughs> That's the whole point of the conversation. Go ahead. So, so basically what we do is that we put our application. People, like he said, people, a lot of people come in, but then we only take 10 people at mm. a time. So monthly, what we do is we give intensive classes. And um, fortunately for us, we've had some really good people volunteer to teach people for free. So we've had... Um, Maureen Ateba Wuni, um, she's into customer experience. She came to teach her, some of our students for free um, for a month, like I think for a day, but we, that's, the whole thing is for a month. Okay. So every every week we have three different people coming. We've had somebody from Deloitte, mm. um, Ibrahim Adam. Yeah. We've had people from Sieves where I went to school um, come teach about conflict resolution. So basically the things that you don't think you need as a creative. So mm. we, people teach you how to manage your finances, how to put together a contract, right. how to... Um, 
relate to your clients how to make sure even the way you look when you go for a gig some people are like okay i'm going for a gig let me just wear jeans and t-shirt and then you're off mm. But then, like, you need to look <laughs> the way the you want part. to be. Yeah, you need yeah. to look that part. So we teach you everything, and it's really intensive. It's like learning, like, um, something, like, an executive education thing, like, a month. Right. It's really intensive. So we, like, take dedicated people, like he said, and then we teach them all of that. Hmm. So, but basically, the real core of our business is retail. Hmm. We give people industry standard gear that they don't ordinarily get. For example, there are brands that you know, like okay. Aperture, mm. that's really reintroduced into the market. Yeah. We came into the market with Easy Cover, mm. and that has really like been a big thing for us. And now we're on Aperture. We've done other brands as well, Magmod and a few other ones. And then there are things that people need, but they can't even afford, right. or even if they can afford, they can't get them to buy, unless like, they have a relative coming from US. The person has to like yeah. delay. It takes yeah. a longer time. And also when it you get someone to get it for you then customs come in mm. then you buy mm. something for like thousand dollars you are paying three thousand dollars for clearing yeah. it's not even for shipping yeah. it's really ridiculous so th- we solve all these problems and then um basically our challenge or issue mainly has been like trying to put a structure to our business right. so people um because i don't have like a lot of um corporate experience i've had to like learn a lot mm-hmm. on the job because yeah. i just from school straight into like running a business and right. it was kind of like when, when when did the idea of putting all this together onto an online market come into the picture because that is that has become the default mm-hmm. location for creators who want to purchase things because typically people go to amazon or bhp or mm-hmm. some other place outside Ghana. but now it's like your platform seems to be the place to go if you want to do equipment. And I'm just wondering when all of that came together and how different it's been in terms of your approach to solving this okay. obvious problem that creators have. Okay, so um so we started online with Facebook. I hmm. always thank God for Facebook right. because right. <laughs> no sincerely because um, when I first found Facebook I realized that you could have a page and a shop. Hmm. So that was like one of the first things I learned on Facebook. Mm. And so I opened a Facebook shop. And then from there, you can, it's almost like an e-commerce store, like a right. Shopify store. Yeah. So that was like way back in 2016, I think. And that was like still in school. I wasn't really like formalizing everything. I was yeah. just like selling, trying to sell for my room and everything. Mm. So people make orders on Facebook. I, I call the dispatch and then I go to class. He comes pick up and all of that. Mm. Then we migrated to um, a website. We're selling, no, we migrated to being vendors on like, platforms like right. Jumia, ShopBet and other places. Mm. Then eventually I was like, okay, why not drive the market to myself? I mean, why go through like a middle person? Because sometimes the del- payment delays, like you sell on Jumia and then it takes a really long time to get your money back to right. get stock. So then I had to get my own online mm. store. And that was, I think, in 2018. Mm. The process started in 2017, but then we had a lot of challenges. Sure. I need I needed to learn how to run like a um, a WordPress store because I didn't have any knowledge in that. Mm. I needed to learn how to do a little bit of coding. <laughs> now I know that. Yeah, you should have called now, me now I know that. So I had some friends. I had Ceci. Ceci helped me. I just Ceci helped me Ceci with my first me. um website. Mm. But then you know he's busy. Like he doesn't even have time. So after a while, I was like, okay, like I was getting bugs and other things, and I didn't know how to fix. It. I was learning and doing, but then it was like too much because mm. I was. I had to also run the business. Exactly. Then I called another friend to help me, Daniel. He also came in. 
busy man. <laughs> busy like <laughs> they were all busy. all busy then finally i said oh she can let me just close the sites down hmm. and focus on having so i then i went to rent a shop this year then i moved to the shop then eventually someone saw this i was like look you have this site you have the traffic you have all everything why are you not using it hmm. So he came on board and we created a new site altogether. Mm. And that has been what has really helped us now. Mm. Um, and then it's been fun, really, because people, it's like people go to the site and they always give you like feedback, positive feedback, how to make it better. Mm. So even though we, we don't have all the expertise to like, you know, we didn't start out like, okay, we want to do this, we want to do this. But then people give us feedback to make everything better. Right. So it's been it's really... It's a very interesting community. Like, yeah. It's a very yeah. interesting phase that you've gone through. Mm-hmm. Having a physical store, going from a Facebook sort of platform to sell to having a physical store, having a website, closing it down. And all <laughs> of that feedback coming yes. through to even... And, and I can imagine, it is still a work in progress. Yes, it is still... The challenge is... Do you know, most Ghanaian people don't even like shopping online. Like, mm. Jumia is making headway and everything. But mm. most people, I don't know if they don't trust like that it's an actual <laughs> business. Why, why, don't, why don't you like to go to the shop and touch things? <laughs> oh, when I... <laughs> oh, yes. Okay, I you like see. that. But now, yeah, for convenience... You... No, no, but for convenience, now I do a lot of online shopping. You see. Mm. When mm. I have that time, the time, the you have to change. See. So, it so yes, yeah, 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 yeah. but it's really hard. It's too People, slow. <laughs> it's very slow. People call you and like, oh, but you can order online. No, no, I want to come and touch the thing myself. <laughs> he wants to feel the product. He wants to feel the product. If I'm buying a camera, I want to see the camera before I, I buy it. I understand that because mm. you know we are quite pricey. Some of them can be really expensive. So, but mm. after the first few times, then they begin to trust that okay, we can deliver. Then yeah. they, they so then I mm. think yes, yeah, changing. People are beginning mm. to trust slowly, but mm. then we'll get wish there. It was a little I faster. wish it was a little because <laughs> you know then I wouldn't even need a store because then I could just still a run from my. Store. I wouldn't need a physical store because mm. I could just still run from home and have like sort of a warehouse in a room or something. Ali, but we are and in twenty nineteen. She wants to still do brick and mortar. I mean, if it is the way that people want it. No, you see, that's not my original. I didn't really want to have a shop. I I really wish people would appreciate the fact, okay, we are in 2019. Even China, like, everywhere is... I know we are not up to China, but, (laughs) like, it's so so fascinating. (laughs) It's so fascinating when you, you, like, walk anywhere, and then you don't even need to walk into a shop. Like, just even for food, everything, Mm. basically, you just order on your phone, and you have it. It's really easy. Now, we'll get there. Frustrations of, a, <laughs> of an entrepreneur uh, being um, poured out here on the show. But then, yeah, so Shikakopi is currently one of the only websites where you can purchase um, Number gear, one, like, actually. Photography and video gear. Like, she has, to, she just has to push that one. Yeah, I need in the, to but, let but, you know. But that's, that's the truth, though. It's, it's, yeah. it's. And clearly, it's not something that has come overnight. It's, no, it's, it's been, been quite like, a journey of fails here and successes here mm-hmm. and collaborations as well. But I, mm-hmm. what I really like is the fact that it's a community. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's building up slowly into a community mm-hmm. where creatives come together and, for example, give you ideas about how to make the platform even something that they believe in and they mm-hmm. can trust as well. But yeah. And then one more thing I, I didn't mention. We organize, we organize a lot of workshops. So I think last late last month, we organized um, a lighting workshop for GH Media. And um, what we do is that annually we put together, like I said, some people don't know how to use the things they buy. Mm. So apart from like giving them consultancy and all of that, we organize a um, workshop in collaboration with one of the brands we work with, Aperture. And then mm. also, yeah, our Skyface, a music video producer. Mm. He's sort of like our partner when it comes to workshops. Right. So then we put together people 
from different walks of like amateurs, hobbies, educators, anybody who wants to learn light mm. and it's free. We teach them everything they need to know, like the basics. We give out products for mm. winners mm. and there's free food and drinks. I mean, what else do you want? Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, we'll be, we'll be coming <laughs> to you to talk about, we'll, we'll be coming to you to talk about what 2020 is going to look like for Chicago Pay and the platform that you have to offer. For example, um, you have an app, not yet. Exactly. We'll Not come into yet. That in a bit. <laughs> but one app that really works and that everybody talks about, that half of the people I know use, um, anybody who wants a convenient life anyway, um, is Express Pay with a small E. <laughs> I say that yeah, because had uh, no, I had to, I had to I had to. Curtis, Curtis, it's it's such a pleasure. Always a pleasure to have you in the studio. Um, I mean, Express Pay is 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 everything, and everybody talks about Express Pay. What has 2019 been like? Because there there have been so many conversations about um, um, all manner of government things coming into play and all of that. But you guys have have figured it out pretty well, including hmm. cutting down on even costs that people have to incur when you're making purchases. I'm just wondering, what year has it been like within the fintech space for you, especially? For us, I think 2019 has actually been quite quite interesting um, for services like ours your biggest challenge is really scaling the business right. and so that's what we've been focused on trying to get more and more customers on the in the business um a lot of people know us for our app which is what you're describing Absolutely. so a lot of consumers use us for money transfer for mm. their airtime for their internet and so on utility bills exactly yeah. and we, we are continuing to grow that so part of our challenge really is to grow our user base so you have more and more users using it i think to the point chicago is making it's not that easy to change people's behavior. Yeah. And so we've been hard at work trying to create value for people, solve their problems, and try and get lots of people using the service. Mm. So even within our app itself, you would find, we have users like you, power mm. users like you, then with the app inside out. Right. You can use the app in your sleep. Rough. And then, <laughs> Exactly, right? <laughs> and then you have, we have some users who use the app for, let's say, one thing. They know they use it for money transfer. They send MTM mobile money. So yeah. they come in there and they send MTM mobile money. Okay. And so sometimes it's surprising to us when we discover that, wow, this person has to pay their ECG postpaid, but they know they could pay it on the app. Mm. So we are trying mm. to do better in terms of educating our users so they know all of these other services on the platform. But there's also a second side to ExpressPay mm. that a lot of people may not be as fam familiar with. So we have a corporate segment as well where, okay. if you think about it, we have all of these hundreds, thousands of merchants on the platform. So mm -hmm. all of these services that you enjoy and use. And you have businesses that are also trying to embrace tech right. or in, the, uh, uh, in banks financial institutions that want to embrace tech. Mm. And so we also extend our services to banks, for instance, who then mm. enable their customers to buy the airtime, to pay their internet, to pay their utilities, to mm. do money transfers. So a lot of people don't know that. You may be using a star one, two, three hash. But you don't know it's going behind through. the scenes, it might be using Express Pay. So that's another part of the business we've been we've been pushing uh, quietly this year. I can understand why you're keeping it on the down low. Not really. We want, we want as many... Um, I think naturally what's happening is you have... Uh, bank clients who use the service mm. and they know how reliable it is they know mm. how consistent we are and mm. so they've actually approached us and that's why we started extending the service out to I them see. so it was our own users who may have been bank execs mm. who then say hey why is my service always down mm. you guys why, why not why not use expressway so they engaged us and then we extend the platform that way a lot of developers are also using the platform so lots of developers who are building sites like yours like shika's website uh need a way to accept payments mm. and you know we aggregate Mobile money, we aggregate Visa, MasterCard, American Express, all Chica. of these services. <coughs> and so 
they come in and, and they, they work on behalf of a lot of the merchants <laughs> right. right so they come in they plug in and right away their payments are sold you had her comment or frustration about when to receive money and so on. Exactly. We solve, how long it we takes. solve all of those. So yeah. for merchants and developers, we try and make their lives easier as well. So 2019 has been quite interesting. I think the one big surprise this year, which was outside, say, business as usual, was the fallout or the extension of the cleanup yeah. of the financial institutions. Yeah. So regulatory-wise, um, not just Express Pay, but Asset Tech Chamber. So we have the Ghana Chamber of Technology. Mm-hmm had to band together and engage the regulator, which has also been quite an, an interesting experience mm. for the entire industry, which is it's not, not in a bad way, yeah. because I'd say the regulator has actually been quite responsive. Mm. They've been listening. I know we had some scares, but yeah. as you it can see, from a point. everyone is still in business yeah. and there's engagement happening, which I think is positive and a positive signal for the ecosystem. So that's been interesting. It's still ongoing. Um, I know you've talked about various initiatives as well <laughs> happening there's yeah. more coming right so and and i think we are quite optimistic that we are moving in the right direction i think government has been pushing various digitization agendas and so on and mm. i think we are going to see a lot of that come to fruition which i think will be good for everyone because what we are trying to do is move away from cash and try and drive people towards digital mm. means of transacting and it makes everyone's life easier now when in your interaction with yeah. potential customers as well mm-hmm. Do you get a sense that more and more people are embracing the idea of a cashless society? Yes, you do. And if it, you don't have to go far. If you look at what's happening in the mobile money space, yeah. mobile money tells, tells it all. Yeah. I think Ghana is now the fastest growing mobile money market mm. in sub-Saharan Africa, yeah. which probably in the world, because <laughs> Africa is where, where mobile money is strongest, where else, right? Yeah. And so generally, us, not just ExpressPay, but other fintechs are driving uh, consumers to shift their behavior to these electronic channels it's actually moving everyone forward. And as mobile money is doing well, MTN, Airtel, Tigo, Vodafone, everyone is doing well, it's moving us along in the right direction. Mm. So I think generally it's it's been a positive trend. Mm. I mean, speaking about that positive trend, there have obviously been a number of situations where people have had cause to complain about service and customer service and things. But it looks like you guys find a way of figuring out the customer service thing really well and i'm just wondering how you managed to do that because you get a lot of positive positive feedback about your customer service especially i'm just how many people do you have working in customer service <laughs> such that almost everybody has a good experience uh, um i mean because i would expect at most a tweet or a whatsapp message or something but there's actually a call there's a physical side to the technology bit of what you do and mm-hmm. how do you guys wing that so I think right from the get-go, we wanted people to have a positive experience. You know, ExpressPay started when paying on online was not possible. So yeah. we started enabling people to pay online. Exactly. And so right from the get-go, we knew as a new service, people were not familiar with the service, and we had to be quite attentive. And we also wanted to build something that not only worked all the time, but because people may have some questions or some concerns, we wanted to be reachable um, so people could be could feel comfortable and could trust our service because it's money you're dealing with people's money and yeah. people don't play around with your money no so you want to make sure <laughs> you're giving them not. a very good experience and yeah. interesting the nature of our service is such that we we've created a network bringing a bunch of different services on the platform yeah. right so especially sits in the middle but you're plugging into an mtn a dstv a vodafone um an ecg yeah. and at any point in time any of those services could have an issue one issue or another and meanwhile, we're also managing the payments angle. So we want to make sure when we take people's money, 
they are guaranteed of service. And if there is any delay, they are aware. Hmm. And I think that's been one of our core uh, tenants from the beginning, right. and we continue to push that. So we went as far as even extending our customer service to 24 hours. So it wasn't 24 hours to start, um, and we gradually increased the size of the team. As the business grows, you need to scale up the team so you can meet the demands of your of your of your clients. Mm. And I think we continue to pay attention to that, and that's I think has served as well. Um, even if what we we try to do is we try to be proactive. So if there's a problem, you're not waiting for the customer to come and complain. Mm. We are engaging the customer right away. Right, we are calling them right away to let them know, hey. There's a slight problem with this particular service. Would you like us to refund or would you like to wait till um, the service is restored and we can push? And I think that has served as well. Mm. We're going to continue to do that. Well, we look forward to that in um, 2020. But let's get back to Nehemiah. I'm talking about what 2020 actually looks like because um, a lot of people want to get to understand all this coding business and this programming language in business and um, building themselves or setting themselves up for the future. But like you said, it's not everybody who has the right attitude. But the truth is everybody wants to be employed. So what happens to all those people who never get the chance to enter the, the code factory? And also 2020 and what does that year hold for code factory? Okay, so um, I think we are much more flexible when it comes to those who want to start at that level. So that way we can should I say, hone your skills and also influence your culture yeah. in terms of the kind of person you are. Mm. Um, but if you want to get into the boot camp, you have to you have to ensure that you are right, right. for the program. Right. Because um, it's just like getting into the university. Yeah. There are prerequisites. Yeah. If you do not meet them, you are not going in there. Yeah. So as far as you're concerned, that's, that's what's that's going to play minimum. out. Yeah, yeah. But um, for 2020, we are running. Yeah, we, we are going back to running the program again because yeah. the first cohorts are out. out. So mm. the second cohorts will start in February on February 3rd, 2020. Okay. Um, so we are um, expecting or welcoming applications. So we expect people to apply and come in and learn. Um, what What's the course outline like? If you can just run us through briefly. So for the full stack, you are doing you are doing uh, men. Um, Mongo Express React Node um, but aside that you are going through design thinking and you are going through a number of things that will prep you so you are not just doing you are going through soft skills and you are going through um, the real full stack mm. um, if you are doing the C sharp um, boot campus or you are going to go through those soft skills doing design thinking and all of the critical thinking and all of those things then you, you go into um, programming in C sharp mm. If you were doing um, IoT, you're going to do Java and, and some other things that were sure. So if you're doing data science, you're doing Python, but you're going to also go through the principles of being able to analyze data, um, statistics, and any other thing that would make you ready to become a proper data scientist. But again, if you do not have any programming skills but you are interested in data science mm. you could get through through the introduction mm. at that point if you have a bad attitude we'll know we'll know yes and then we'll kick you out of the academy <laughs> 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 all right so basically this is in february um the yes, next batch the will next, be yeah. accepted in february, february yeah. um and the programs that you've outlined is what yeah. they're going to be going through so yeah. how can people sign up to be a part of the training? so they can email us at info at the code factory africa.org they can call us on 057 
Exactly. They can they can email us at info at the code factory Africa dot org or tell or phone us at zero five seven nine zero nine eight or simply reach out to us on, on social media at the code Africa. The code Africa. Africa yes. So that um, one, yeah, once they reach out to us, we'll be able to tell them what to do. We'll send them the link to take the test. Mm -hmm. And then if you scale through that phase, then you get to be called for the interview. And then we'll take it to the next level. All right. So, you realize that you've misplaced your purse. Does your bank help you with that? Because when you have that... I can't believe it! I've lost my card! Moment! You can use the First National Bank mobile app to block your card and order a new one. You can also report any fraudulent activity on your account anytime, 24-7. And if you need cash, you can still withdraw at any First National Bank ATM without a card just by using the banking app. So you'll always have access to your money when you need it. See, it takes a bank that does more to help your family. So who is helping yours? First National Bank. How can we help you? Join. The show is City Trends or 97.3 City FM. We have a message here from Aite Ai, and it was actually what I was going to get to. So she got uh, 2020 is going to be um, another great year, of course, um, hopefully for your business um, in terms of building an online retail sort of platform for creatives in Ghana, because that's how I see the, the, the website. Um, but what are your plans for 2020? <laughs> okay, so my major plan is to maximize the market we are in. Mm. Um, Ghana is big and Accra is even bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so um, currently people... Th we, we see ourselves to be like maybe the top but then there are lots of other people in the market now because people are seeing where we are going mm. and they are coming like into the market so we're looking at maximizing um the markets we are in and then we are doing that by adding value to our, our, our services already and um, mm. we want to have a studio we're actually like setting up a studio where we are and um, we'll start shooting in house we'll start training people um part of our classes you can come in and then we, we take you through a process of how to shoot certain videos, like for YouTube, vlogging. Mm. You know, there are lots of people who want to do a lot of vlogging nowadays. And then they don't really know how or where to start. They don't want to go to film school. Right. And 
not everybody wants to go to YouTube to watch videos on how to do stuff. Mm -hmm. So we can have people come in and then we train them on that. Mm -hmm. And then also we are having, um, we want to have a vertical expansion. So like I said, um, we w the market is big and it's not just Accra. We want to see how, now there are 16 regions, we want to see how we can get into the other regions, get mm -hmm. people to hear about us. But then the challenge really is about um, how do we get there? Mm. What money are we going to use to get there? Because exactly. basically now we are bootstrapping. Mm. And one of our major challenges is finance. Mm. Besides um, human resource, our major challenge also is finance. Mm. So um, we're looking at how we can financially scale up mm. and then be able to enter into the other markets in Ghana. Mm. Um, also, <coughs> sorry. Also, we are looking at how to really grow the community. It's not enough that people buy from us. We want them to be able to get to know each other so that, okay, on the website, you're looking at having like a community, a place where people can discuss things like, okay, I bought this. I don't know how to use it. Or how do, how do we partner to do this project together? People, people want to do things independently, but mm. then maybe you know how to do sound better. Somebody knows how to do maybe... Um, filming better so you can collaborate just by meeting like um sort of like a dating site for filmmakers right. <laughs> but for work right. <laughs> yeah so like we want to create a community on the site where people can actually talk and discuss like projects yeah. um go go for auditions meet like sort of like a hub right. just you go online and then like facebook for filmmakers mm. so that's what we are working on it's, it's going to take a while but then we're hoping that we get there mm. and that's it anyway so how can how can people get in touch with you know you and the business that you have to offer um, it's very simple right. so if you want to get in touch with us at chica Cope, you only call um we have one major number zero five four seven four nine five one one nine let me take that again yes please zero five four seven four nine five one one nine also you can email us um support at chica Cope. chica Cope is spelled s-h-i-k-a K O P E dot com. Um, so support at shikakope dot com. And also you can reach us on social media, just shikakope, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn mm. as well. Where, where does the name shikakope come from? Yeah, just, I was hoping you wouldn't ask just, me this question. Let's check it. Let's check <laughs> so it. let me tell you I've something. Recently, somebody called me. You know, there's a town called shikakope in the Volta region. Okay. So somebody called the office. Are you from there? No. <laughs> <laughs> So weird. <laughs> Someone called and said, I'm calling from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would that be weird? We have, we have, we have so, a good use. Oh, you come from there? No, no, no. <laughs> Interesting. So, um, the name really, it wasn't something I thought about. So, basically, I, I used to have a blog. And the blog was Chicago. And that's... And, and I was writing. So where did that one come from? <laughs> Shika is my name, okay. meaning gold. Okay. And Kope in there was like village or like, so it was in, when I was writing, it was like my world, like Shika's world or, oh, so I just right. used Shika Kope. Then when I realized, okay, I was having, I didn't know, I, I wasn't thinking like, <laughs> I didn't know what to, uh -huh. so before I, I knew it, it has stuck, and I, I, I mean, I, I can't you change. erase it. Yeah. <laughs> if it works, it works. There's no need to change it. So basically, yeah, that's how the name came about. Well, very soon we'll be we'll be hearing more about Shikakope all over the continent of Africa, providing um gear for um uh, creatives. But I mean, back to XSP and wrapping up with XSP 2020. Um, there are challenges within the space. We can't run away from that reality, but. Um, how is XSP planning to 
like overcome those challenges which are very obvious and build on from there because i'm guessing that you are looking at extending into other african countries and everything else i'm guessing yeah well so uh, they're not necessarily all challenges but we see them as opportunities right mm. so if you think about to date a lot of people use express pay you're using the app and so on and it's all remote you're sitting in your office sitting at home mm. and transacting but we're gearing up to get into the face-to-face segment so we're starting to release our pos in okay. markets so you're going to start to see it at various locations it does more than a traditional pos mm. so in addition to being able to pay with your card you can pay with mobile money and it also accepts payments from the qr so that's something that's very exciting so you're going to see pos's and qr solutions out there in the market in 2020 a couple other things we are looking to uh, release are enabling our transfers to go international. Mm. And so at the moment, most people do just P2P transactions within mm. Ghana. Mm. We're going to turn it on so that people from abroad can also transfer. A lot of people have been asking for it. Mm. And you know, Expressway, typically we listen to our users. Our users say, you hey, I love this, but can you add this? Yeah. And so we are going to allow it so people can do um, inbound remittances and potentially... Outbound. Outbound is also something we get from a tech perspective, it's very possible, but mm. there are other considerations we, we need to take into account. It's something we are, we are exploring as well. But to the extent there's demand, then you there's always a case for mm. yeah, exactly. There's always a case for rolling out the solution. We have something that's very exciting as well for event organizers. And so we're about to release that where if you want to go to an event or a show, you can pay for it on Express Bay. Mm. You get a QR, you show up there. They just scan the QR and you're, you're good to go. Mm. So essentially an end-to-end solution. To date, you have some people who have events and they come on Express Bay so people can buy the ticket. Mm. But we haven't really gone as far as solving the acceptance side when right. you get to the, the event, event itself, side. what do you do? So imagine an Uncle Libo White. Right. You want to go watch Uncle Libo White say next week. Mm. You buy it right here on the show during intermission. You, you don't need to do anything. You show up there, they mm. scan, and, and then you walk go. right in. So mm. that's something that's actually very exciting. So we had, those are some of the big things we are, we are looking to push in 2020. We may get into a couple other countries as well, but uh, yet, yeah, to, yet to not, decide. Let's not let's not <laughs> let's not open that conversation right about now. But yeah, it, it looks it looks like a bright one. But um, in terms of um, um, regulation, and mm-hmm. government regulation, and you said you have a very good relationship with the regulator, but um, we do we do get a sense that it is not the the friendliest of of situations but how how are you how are you working around that so we are working as a technology chamber so there's a ghana chamber of technology okay. and all nehemiah's companies in there we are in there all the tech companies have you essentially banded together hmm. and we actually make it more of a dialogue so and i think that's what i was alluding to it's big become a dialogue uh, so it's not sort of authoritarian this is it but we are also sharing feedback and sort of helping engage to figure out what is the best ecosystem for our market given where we are today. And so it's been an ongoing conversation since the first announcements came out. Mm. And I think those conversations are going to continue. Uh, there are certain requirements that have been put out there. Um, some, we obviously we have to meet those requirements, but it's also a balanced conversation about, okay, in meeting those requirements, what does it mean? What sort of services can we do yeah. if we are meeting all of these needs and so on? So we are going to continue to engage the regulator. I don't think the regulator is trying to sort of... Cut you get, off. Exactly. I think... They, put you out of business. Yes. But you know, the balance is tech is always sort of moving like a steam engine, just fast, fast paced, right? Mm. And your regulator is trying to to rein you in so that we have to reach some sort of balance equilibrium uh, that works for the ecosystem and works for everyone. Mm. And so far from the conversations we are having, I think the conversations are 
not always the easiest, but we are making progress. And I think we are going to continue to see that progress being made. Generally, we are getting a lot of support also from the, the government is generally saying we want to see FinTech thrive. Yeah. And so I think... That's positive. Yes. So That's I think positive. I think... I think we are headed in the right direction. I don't think you just sit back and wait for it to happen. You need to engage. You need yeah. to be part of the discourse. Um, we are here at this time, and we need to be part of the folks framing the solution, right? Shaping the solution so it works for us as a country. Right. And I think that's the most important thing to do. If you just sit back, you just say, well, I don't know what to do, and then they just tell you do this what you want to do. Exactly. But if you are involved in the conversation, at least... And it makes the regulation can, better. Exactly. For everybody. Mm. For everyone. Yeah. All right. Fingers crossed. We have a feeling everything will go well. At least we hope it will. Um, so, yeah, three technology entrepreneurs trying to do their very best to solve your problems. One of them happens to be solving the problems of creatives in the country by providing them gear on a platform that is slowly <laughs> becoming a great community. Um, one of them happens to be a factory that is producing some of the best developers that you would find ethical ones who actually want to solve problems, not just um, hang around and um, be the biggest brain in the room, but actually contributing to actually solve problems. And the other is a payment platform that, quite frankly, if you're not using, I'm really wondering what you're using. Um, so, listen, it is these are the people who are in Ghana who are solving Ghana's problems. And the reason why we are bringing them on the show is because we want you, the listeners, to understand that there are solutions to problems that we are facing today that are being solved by Ghanaians and by Ghanaian companies. And that is why we bring these technology entrepreneurs to the show. It's been, it's been a fantastic one. I do hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you so much to Shika, to Curtis and to Nehemiah for being guests on the show. Um, the show will be available as a podcast tomorrow. So please make sure you look out for the link there. And uh, my name is Philip Pashon. So until next week. Stay tacky!